Okay, I'm Tina. Hi everyone. I'm an alcoholic. I'm also an adult child. Um, yeah, I didn't expect to be doing this, but it's okay. I mean, I'm going to share for a while. Yeah, I've been sober nearly 24 years now. And I've been in ACA, I think about coming up to three. Funny enough, it was about the same time, actually. June. I'll be kind of 24 years in June. So, um, and I think I joined about May in ACA as well. So, same time in really. And uh, yeah, I wish I'd found ACA before. That's how I feel, really. I wish I'd found it when I was like 20, I don't know, 20, when I was about a year or two sober. In fact, somebody did say to me, I remember going to a convention, I went to the Brighton convention when I was about a year sober. And somebody said to me, have you heard of adult children? And I said, no. And they said, oh, you know, there's a meeting in London. And I think there was one meeting. There was one meeting in the UK, even. I don't even know if there was many more. And I remember thinking to myself, well, that ain't gonna keep me sober, is it? That ain't gonna keep me sober. So I didn't think about it anymore. But it did kind of, it did kind of get, you know, the little message went in there and, um, yeah, so the funny thing is what happened to me, I mean, I got sober in London. You know, I don't live in London now, I live in on a coast in uh, in Sussex at the moment and but I got sober in London and uh yeah. I think um it wasn't easy. I mean getting sober was not easy. I think I think probably actually Stopping drinking is, is not that difficult, really. I think what happens is, is it's, it's afterwards, isn't it? Maintaining it is the difficulty. And um, I think what happened for me was, was that, you know, I was sober. I was I did everything I was supposed to do, do you know what I mean? I've done it all. I've been through the steps, God knows how many times, about four times in AA. I've done all the service positions up to intergroup, you know what I mean? And, and I thought I was okay. I thought I was okay-ish. Although I never felt completely comfortable. I never felt really completely comfortable. So it got to three years ago, just before lockdown. Um, and I was getting you know, itchy feet, I don't know. I've got grown-up children. I've got two adult children that are adult children. They're alcoholics, you know. My mum was an alcoholic, I'm an alcoholic. You know, and I've got these two adult children. I've got four grandchildren. And, and I was a single parent for a long time with them, you know, when they, from when they were small. And I think, when I used to say, when I tried to make amends to the three of them, you know, they both said to me, oh, can't remember anything, mum, you know what I mean? They both said the same thing, can't remember you drinking much, you know, so, you know, let's not talk about anything, and that's what they're, that's what they're like, my two. Let's not talk about nothing from the past, and uh, we don't want to talk about anything. So they're, they're in massive denial, the three of them. They're not, in, they're not in any kind of recovery. I've given them the ACA, the big book, the red book. I think they've probably chucked it. I doubt if they've even opened it, to be honest. Because they don't think there's anything wrong with them. They really don't think there's anything wrong with them. And perhaps there's not. But I know that they're adult child, you know, they're, they're adult children. And I can see it in them anyway. I can see it in them. And, they, and they're passing it all on to my grandchildren. So three years ago, I've got myself in such a state, I've got suicidal. I didn't do anything. I didn't actually do it. But I was in that place where I was planning it, I was writing letters to the grandchildren, saying goodbye, and I mean, I was in a right state. I was in a right state. Because it was just massive crap. You know what I mean? It was just massive crap, really. And what happened with me was that I didn't drink for that long, actually. I drank for about 10 years, but solidly for 10 years, you know. And uh, But mostly when they were asleep in bed, you know what I mean? Because I was, 
I just drank at night. I mean, I never drank, I never ever drank in the morning. And that was my get out clause. I just think, oh, and alcoholic drinks in the morning. They're, they're, they're sitting on park benches with methylated spirits. I mean, that's what an alcoholic is. So I didn't think ordinary people like me were an alcoholic. I just would never have dreamed it, you know. And I knew my mother, I didn't know she was an alcoholic either until I realised that I was, you know. And, and that was sad, really, because she was drinking five. What, what happened with me was that I didn't drink alcoholically until I broke up with my ex-soul man. And then I was in such a state, I couldn't cope with anything. So I started drinking then. And my mother had done a similar thing in my 30s. And she was in her 30s when she was drinking. Before that, she was on prescription drugs and God knows what else. You know, I mean, in the 50s, late 50s and um, when I was born. And So, yeah, this is like, you know, alcohol is just the tip of the iceberg. Just the tip of the iceberg. The, the disease itself is all underneath. And I often say... You don't have to drink to be an alcoholic, and that that and I get confirmed in ACA of that, you know, because we're para alcoholics, not me. And people can be para alcoholics, and they don't pick up a drink, but they're full of this disease, you know. And I've always known that, and I used to say that around the rooms. I used to get myself in a lot of trouble around AA because I'd be forever going on about the inner child stuff. Do you know what I mean? And but I wasn't in ACA then. I was always going on about that because I knew that my problems were around that. You know, we're basically around that. Not the alcohol, you know. And I don't go to many AA meetings now. I don't, because I stick in here. I stick in ACA all the, most of the time now. And um, I'm in Alan on as well. You know, I've had a little go in Alan on as well. And uh, I find them a bit more useful than AA now. When I go to an AA meeting now, which I do do, I still go to one once every, I don't know, once a month, something like that. I still go to one. Because I want to still keep your foot in there. But when I go, I think... I've heard it all before, do you know what I mean? It's not very good. And I don't come away feeling wonderful. I go really because I feel like I've got to go because I was told years ago, if you don't go, you're going to drink and all that old shit. So it's still in me, that fear is still in me about that. So I still do go and uh, but I don't really enjoy it. I don't really enjoy it. And I go in there and say things about ACA and they get the ump with me. They get the ump with me in there. I mean, because I've started a, a physical meeting where I live in Bog, I live in Bognor Regis, and I've started an ACA physical meeting because there's no bloody meetings. I mean, there's no physical meetings any much down here. There ain't many physical meetings anyway. There's one in Brighton, there's one in Portsmouth, and I'm in the middle here, so I thought I'll start one. And God, the trouble I had really had to keep my mouth shut in AA because I was going around saying I'm starting this ACA meeting, and I'd, I actually had two people verbally attack me in the meetings. And I thought, God, I'm just pressing their buttons, and I, I'm pressing these people's buttons, because when I look around in AA now, I think, oh my God, they're all bloody adult children. Do you know what I mean? And they're sick as parrots. Do you know what I mean? And, and I'm getting well in there. Do you know what I mean? I was sitting there with, well, I've sat with them there for twenty odd years, you know, and I can see so much now of um, how it's all based in the traumatic childhoods that we had, in a dysfunctional family, one way or another whether we drink or not, whether you become a workaholic, whether you become a drug addict, whether you become a shopaholic, or whatever, gambler, you know, you do whatever you like with this bloody disease. It don't care, does it, really? So, you know, I suppose I'm lucky, I'm grateful that I found out I was an alcoholic, and I came into AA, and uh, I never drink since. You know, my, my poor mother died, you know, and, and I, actually she died as I was getting sober, so it was really really difficult it's a miracle and i know it's my higher power 
that kept me sober during that time. You know, she was dying and I was trying to get sober. And I didn't know what, I didn't know I was an alcoholic, you know what I mean? I, I didn't know. I was going off to study doctors and they took me off to this holistic addiction centre because I'm holistic, you know what I mean? I'm an old hippie and I don't know, it says to me, well, you know, you can go into this treatment centre or wherever it was, I don't know. They had one near where I lived in, in Streatham in London and um, I said, I can't, go into, I can't go into treatment. I've got two kids, you know what I mean? I can't leave my kids. So I was really resentful about that. And in this treatment centre, we used to have our meetings in in the basement of this study treatment centre. And I used to go in there and swearing and saying, I fucking hate you all, do you know what I mean? You bastards, do you know what I mean? I spent all these fucking bastards. I've got to look, I've got to stay at home and look after my kids. You know, you're all in there having your, getting your dinners cooked for you. And so I've always been a fucking pain in the arse around AA, I really have. I was so resentful and they used to come down the stairs, you know what I mean? There was all in treatment upstairs. They'd come down to the meeting in their slippers and I'd say, come down in your fucking slippers. So I was absolutely nuts. I was absolutely nuts, you know, and um, I can laugh about it. It's funny anyway. It is funny. You know what I mean? There was a bloke, <laughs> I always tell this story. There was a bloke who, who used to sit up the front in this meeting at a bald head and he was a, he was a smarmy little Oh, my little git, really. He was, oh, he was like Mr. AA, do you know what I mean? And I used to sit at the back. And he, he always knew everything, do you know what I mean? And, and I remember one day, I, I was, I used to look at people and I wanted to kill them because I was so full of resentment and anger. And I said, I said, here, you and you down the front. I said, you fucking drive me nuts, the geezer down the front. And he started laughing, this bloke. He started laughing. And I started laughing. And everybody started laughing. And I knew at that point, I knew at that point, it didn't matter how I was, that you wasn't never going to chuck me out. Because I just think you're going to chuck me out. They're going to chuck me out any minute because I'm swearing all the time or whatever. But well, no. Thank you. So, yeah. And we we, we, had came, we became friends, me and that bloke. Because <laughs> it was so funny, do you know what I mean? And I, I had my first belly laugh then. And I ain't stopped laughing since, really. <laughs> I do laugh a lot, I must admit, because I find I find things really funny. You know, I really do. And I don't take things that seriously now. You know, you can't really. Because otherwise I'd be crying all the time. You know, and I've done a lot of crying in ACA. I mean, I came into ACA three years ago after that suicide bit, bit that I did. Never done anything, but it was a cry for help, I know it was. And um, my kids came to the rescue. Well, they didn't come to the rescue, actually. They turned up, they turned up, but no, they didn't say no words about it. It's like, they were in denial about everything, my kids. It's just chronic stuff. And, and what's happened is since I've been in ACA now, I've had to estrange myself from them. I've had, to, I've had to move away from them. And that's been really, really difficult, really hard for me. And without ACA, I would never have been able to do it. You know, I've had to let go of my grandchildren. I've had to let go of it all because I can't, I can't deal with them anymore. They're really not well. And I used to go in again, keep going back in again because I wanted to see the kids. And I can't even do that now because it's just too, it's too chronically awful, toxic for me. So I just hope them kids come and see me when they're older. You know what I mean? I've had to stay away now. And it's just, yeah, I found it incredibly, the grief has been phenomenal, really. And I still do now. Do you know what I mean? And what sometimes what I do now is, um, I cry most days, really, I have a little cry about something. Something will trigger me off, you know, and I think, oh, God, 
here we go again here's the grief coming up again loads of it and i've been watching lately in the night garden because i've got a little two-year-old inside me that loves loves in the night garden so i watch it in the night garden and then the clangers <laughs> and we love it we absolutely love it do you know what i mean avidly looking at it do you know what i mean and i'm screaming laughing at what's her name little upsy daisy she got have you seen this upsy daisy goes bits of laughter do you know what i mean it's like me and this little one we just laugh so much and it's just great do you know what i mean it's just great you know but sometimes i cry like sometimes i will cry and um because she's been buried so long do you know what i mean my little inner child has been buried for such a long time you know and it's not easy this work ACA, i find this easy this work is not easy and it takes it takes a lot of work you know and um i've been through the yellow book I've been through the blinking laundry list book. I've been mostly through the bloody loving hair dry book. I'm still as nice as I've been through great aliens. I still cry a lot, you know, but um, my life is so much better now. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I've am i got a high power, you know, and yesterday, I, 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 I thought I had COVID last week. I was really, it was emotional, really, like emotional stuff coming up. I thought oh, I had bloody COVID, but I didn't. And it worked out, it kind of moved off and, um, and I think it was just emotional stuff coming up. And and then yesterday, it kind of cleared. I just had this great sense of sovereignty. I just felt this great sovereignty that just turned up on me. I'm a sovereign being. I'm whole. There's nothing wrong with me. You know, I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anything. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do nothing. I can watch little in the night garden. And I can see her in colour. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. I don't have to be anywhere. I always used to think I had to be something, I had to do something, I had to chase everybody. You know, I had to fucking put myself into a pretzel, and that's what I did, you know. I was always, I never belonged to me. I never had me. I belonged to you and everybody else. But now I don't, I belong to me. And I, and I say, everybody else can fuck off, basically. You know what I mean? If you don't, if you're not going to be loving, what does it say? We say gentle humour, gentleness, humour, love and respect. If you're not going to treat me with that, then you can fuck off, basically. And I feel like that now, and I don't mind. You know, and funny enough, I'm getting people, that are, you know, that are my kind of people getting attracted now a bit. Where before, I'd have to chase everyone. I'd have to chasing everyone. Oh, love me, love me, love me, look. Oh, and I, I fucking, I, I, risky shit I used to do, risky shit. But I don't do that now. I just look after myself, look after my little ones and my teenager. My teenager gets the ump, gets angry and shit and um well, she's all right do you know what i mean i've got a cat got my cat got my lovely old cat here that i wouldn't i, I wouldn't know what to do without him he's like my little comfort blanket when i get my cuddles from him and i live on my own do you know what i mean so it's not easy you know and we've started this i've started this meeting in bognia and it's very different having a face-to-face meeting you know we sit there's only four of us but it's one woman who keeps trying to take over do you know what i mean i'm gonna have to I'm gonna to have to really put my foot down next couple of weeks because she's really getting a bit dominant and um so i'm gonna to have to deal with that a little bit you know it's because i've let her it's because i've let her i'm the secretary and when i get there sometimes i'm tired and she's oh i'll read the script and i say oh go on then but what's happened is is that she keeps having reading the script now and she's trying to dominate everything I'm like, oh god what have i done what have i done now look and that's me not doing my job right letting her take over which is what i used to do Oh, I can't be asked, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you can do it. 
but I've got to step up and do that job and I'll get it there next week and um yeah so I'm, I'm very very grateful you know I love this fellowship you know I really do and yeah I'll leave it there so thank you all for listening <laughs>